You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, I want to say to our audience today, sit down and buckle up because we have Mallory Millett with us. And boy, she's got a lot to say. Um, and it's always just so educational. Mallory, I'm just so happy that you are here. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is uh, the, the takeover by Hitler of Austria was not done with tanks and not done with guns. It was done by really by a lot of manipulation. Would you agree? Oh, yes. Um the Austrian people elected Hitler by 98% at the ballot box. Um, they, uh, they were going through uh, uh, such a terrible time. They were in the middle of a very deep depression in 1938. They had 30% unemployment, 25% inflation. Uh, the bank loans were 25% interest. The farmers were going broke. Businesses were going broke. People couldn't pay their mortgage or their taxes. There were riots in the Austrian cities with whole blocks being burned down. Law enforcement was almost completely helpless in the face of the riots. The unions were calling for strikes. Industries and factories were closing up. So there was this vast unemployment of over 30%. And she said that at her home, 30 people a day would come and knock on their door looking for a bowl of soup or a, a piece of bread to stay alive. Okay, now who said? No who said? <clears throat> Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is a this is a, um, the material that I'm I'm bringing forward today is from a speech by a woman named Kitty Wurtman, who is an Austrian woman who lived through this entire era. She's now almost 90 years old, and she goes around giving speeches describing how the sane, Christian, lovely, intelligent Austrian people ended up uh, being dictated to by Hitler because it's sort of inexplicable. It's so mysterious. But um, he didn't look or talk like a monster. He, she says he talked like an American politician. Uh, he was a very, very convincing person. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were in such a terrible uh, situation that the college graduates could not get any jobs. And now, meanwhile, the media told them that Germany, where Hitler had ruled since 1933 for five years, had full employment. Germany was living by high standards, and everyone was driving the little Beetle Volkswagen. There was never even a whisper that anybody was being persecuted or arrested. They heard only good things about Germany. And Germany and Austria spoke the same language. They had the same culture. There was only a border between them, so it was sort of like North and South Dakota. So they said, well, why not? Why not go along with Hitler? Maybe, maybe Hitler is, um, is the answer. So because they wanted the very same thing that Germany had, they wanted all those jobs. So the Austrian people petitioned the government for a plebiscite. And Austria uh, elected Hitler by 98% of the electorate. So they got this new government, National Socialism, Nacional Socialismos, Nazi government. So the Nazi is a play on the word national. So nobody was elected anymore. From, from the moment that they had this election, there were no more elections. 
for the school boards, for the city and county commissions and the legislatures, the governors, everybody was appointed. And the Austrian people believed that, you know, only the best people would be chosen because look at Germany. So they trusted these Germans. They trusted Hitler. Nobody questioned anything. So the first thing that happened was a national ID card. Right away, everybody had to have this card. In order to take a bus or a train, you had to have the national ID card. So uh, she is pleading with us, never allow this. Never, America, allow yourselves to get a national ID card, because that's the beginning. Next, Hitler gave everyone free radios. He was a great orator, and so everybody had a free radio. And then he nationalized the radio station. And Austrians were told that if they tuned into any foreign station, like BBC or Swiss radio, it was a death penalty. Death penalty for listening to the BBC. So nobody turned on a foreign station because you'd die. And then all the newspapers were censored by government. And the only voice they had was government. So right away, Hitler started action. I mean, the day after the election, he granted equal rights, which sounded so great. Everybody was thrilled about that. So the first thing he did was he had guaranteed income from government. So every individual was going to have a guaranteed income. Next, there were equal rights, and that, that were, it was in two components. Equal economic rights. So in order to equalize wealth, they had to raise the taxes to 70%. They subsidized housing. Everybody got food stamps. They got free heating fuel. There was money for each child you gave birth to. Then on the social level, they had everyone had to work. Before Hitler, the mothers were in the home raising the children and keeping the homes. So now moms were put out into the workforce. So if you didn't work, you were called a parasite. So all the women had were forced to go out and work. and But they were given free childcare. Oh, well, this is wonderful. They were getting completely free childcare for, for seven days a week, 24 hours a day if you wanted. So children from age four months and up were left in socialized childcare 24 hours, seven days a week, if you wanted. The longer you left your child with them, the, the more hours you left your child with them, the happier they were, the more they smiled upon you. Now, these childcare women were not motherly or grandmotherly. They were highly skilled child psycho- psy- psychologists who were there to mold babies from four weeks on up to, to what the government wanted them to be. So the government was raising the children. So there was, since there were equal rights for everyone, the education was nationalized. Before Hitler, Austria had a very fine educational system. They had public schools. They prayed in the morning before the school day. The day after elections, Kitty Wurzner says, the day after elections, she walked into her public classroom and the crucifix was gone. The teacher said, now in the mornings, we will greet each other with Heil Hitler. And we will sing Deutschland, Deutschland over alles at the beginning of the day. No more religious education. No, and no in fact, prayer. Mallory, all the synagogues and prayer houses in Vienna were destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was done so fast. It was all done so fast. Yes, so, and, um, and all the Jew- the Jewish people were um, were absolutely driven from their homes and from their businesses. Uh, yeah, it was that was a, a right. very bad time for them. So then, uh, 
now they couldn't go to church. They were no longer allowed to go to church. Now it was physical education, playing ball and doing sports. So Sunday was declared compulsory natural youth day. So at 8 a.m. in the morning, the children all had to arrive at the gymnasium. And there would be two hours of political indoctrination, two full hours. They were told not to listen to their parents, that their parents were old fogies. They didn't understand the youth and they were just silly people. And you just did not ever, were never to listen to your parents. Only Hitler understood them. Don't listen to your parents. They were told you had freedom and you had rights and the parents could not make any rules for you. The kids could make their own rules. They could, could home, come home at night anytime they wanted. They, they didn't have to obey their parents at all. Doesn't they had this all, sound they were, like what we're doing now yes, in our schools? It's, it's exactly the same. It's just, it's just you get chills all over your body when you oh, hear this yes. speech. So they were given all the sports gear that they wanted, free tennis rackets, free skis, free everything. The boys were given, every boy over 16 was given a free motorcycle. So the rest of Sunday, after the two hours of indoctrination, were sports. So that was so much more fun than church. I mean, church was no fun at all. And having an entire day of nothing but, but sports. And also, every child had to join the Hitler Youth. So when the children got home on Sunday evening, they had had nothing but fun. And they were telling their parents that it was just the greatest thing in the world and they loved Hitler. And so her parents became very alarmed. Kitty's parents were deeply disturbed. So the next school term in October, she was enrolled in a private school and they dropped her off at this school that had a high wall and a locked iron gate. She felt as if she had been sent to prison. But she says, had her mother not made this choice, she says that today she would be a radical Marxist. But she was forced to go to this um, private school where she was taught properly. And, you know, she, she it was a very good education. But when she'd go back on holidays, she was just shocked to learn what her friends in public school were going through. The 16-year-old girls were being talked into uh, getting pregnant. All these 16-year-old girls were pregnant and having babies. They were having blue-eyed blonde babies for Hitler. And this was glorified. Now, if you happen to have be a dark-haired person with dark eyes and all of that, and you got pregnant, they had forced abortion, even though they really were very much against abortion, but only for the Aryans. You weren't supposed to kill any blonde, blue-eyed babies. So then the next thing that Hitler did was he nationalized the automobile industry and turned it into a defense industry. And then he nationalized the banks um, giving them the excuse of the 25% interest rates were just terrible, and it was the Jews gouging them, and so he took over the banks. Then he took over national health care. He made their, they had had a fantastic health care system that was done with private insurance, just the way we used to have. But now he nationalized health care, and after nationalization, the doctors were, she had a brother-in-law who was a doctor and he would be forced to see 40 patients a day. He said it was like treating patients on a conveyor belt. It was only five or 10 minutes per person. It's mountains of paperwork. Now, and this also doctor, sounds familiar to what we're doing yeah. in our country now. Right, exactly. Scarily I've had doctors so. quit. <laughs> yeah, I've had doctors quit because they said they can't handle the paperwork. Oh yeah, I, I absolutely know some as well that have quit because they don't want to do all that paperwork and because they're 
you know, they, they went to school to make, to make money. I mean, let's be real. That's right. what they did, but, but they can't was, make the money was, that they were making. Yeah. It was supposed to be free market medicine, you know, but if the doctor prescribed medicine that was not on a government list, then that would come out of the doctor's salary. Now the doctors were all just put on these very small salaries. They didn't earn on a free market manner anymore. They were just given salaries by the government. So if you prescribed things that were not on the list, you had to pay it out of your own doctor's salary. And some of them ended up having almost no salary at the end of the month. So they went from a great healthcare system to a terrible healthcare system. Um, her brother was a doctor and, and he ended up going off to America. He ended up in America. And uh, he, so he was very, very happy with the free market medical system in America and just, you know, did very well as a doctor. And now he's become deeply shocked at how he's now turned into and changed to what he ran away from. He's in shock over this. He's very disturbed. So the, the socialist rules and regulations for businesses and farms were so terrible. Uh, the way that Hitler created zillions of jobs was that he hired so many bureaucrats. So now there were all these bureaucrats enforcing the rules and regulations for the farms and the businesses. So they'd be snooping about the farms and the offices and nitpicking everything. She said they just nitpicked and nitpicked. They were forced to get round tables instead of square tables. So there's all these things that cost so much money that the businesses and farms would end up going out of business. They would even come in and count the chickens on the farm. And then they would dictate how many eggs the chickens would have to lay, <laughs> which was positively ridiculous. But it's now, we now have something like that called OSHA. You know, we have OSHA does all of this for the yes, for yeah. the uh, businesses in America. So, yeah. you know, Hitler had written a book called Mein Kampf, which means my struggle. Yes. And she said, had the Austrians read this book, they'd have known what was coming. But they were kept so busy under his dictatorship with all the sports and all the indoctrination and everything from morning till night. They were kept busy by the government. They never read the book. Uh, she so, said that abortion... What does she say? How, how does she say that this now relates to us? Well, she just sees the, the well, wait till I get to the gun, the gun business. Okay. That's, that's where it's really, that's the final, the final hinge, you know. <clears throat> now, abortions were highly illegal. So they, they didn't have abortion, except if you were not arrogant, then you were forced into an abortion. They dictated your career. She had wanted to be a journalist, but they needed teachers, so she had to be a teacher. Euthanasia was mandated. So mentally challenged people were euthanized. Oh. 20,000 handicapped children were murdered. Wow. She said she's never here going to apply for a handicapped license plate. Because she says she's learned her lesson from that because she's so worried about America. She said the Gestapo were everywhere in civilian clothes. You were constantly watched through your national ID card. And so they began to force people to inform on their neighbors. They would blackmail you and say, you know, we saw that you took extra sugar on your rationing card and we won't, we won't arrest you, but you have to become an, an enforcer. So people would join this network of informers 
So everybody became terrified of their neighbors. She said nobody trusted anybody anymore at all. You couldn't trust the mailman. You couldn't trust anyone. Your next door neighbors, your relatives, everybody was reporting on everybody. Now, because the children, the, the Germans came out and said, because children were playing with guns and crime was increasing, they had to register all the guns. So uh, they told the Austrians, you all have to come into your police stations and register your guns. And they thought, well, that sounded reasonable. That sounded like a good idea. So later on then, after everybody had registered their guns, they announced that it hadn't worked. So now since it was too dangerous, everyone had to turn in their guns. So they already had your registered numbers. There was absolutely no avoiding of compliance. You had to, you had to do it. And she ends up saying, keep your guns, Americans. Keep your guns, buy more guns. She just ends up pleading with America, buy more guns. And she said, then stock up on your ammo because guns are no good without ammo. So this dictatorship was in full bloom from 1938 to 1943 for five years. And she says, if they had had their guns, they would have fought a bloody battle to the death to keep their freedom. They hated it under Hitler so much. She says, you know, the classic example is that in Switzerland, it was the law that everyone had to have a gun. So Hitler took every country in Europe except Switzerland. And Switzerland had no war for 600 years. And then she always keeps reiterating, keep your guns, Americans, keep your guns. <laughs> I, I agree with her there. You know, after our break here, Mallory, I want to find out how we're tying this in to what's happening in America today. So we'll be right back. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R dot com. 
Okay, Mallory. I want to hear okay. more about what happened with his, Hitler in Austria and how it relates to our country. Kitty Wortman's story, her wonderful, wonderful accounting of what went on in Austria, such a civilized and lovely country. Well, she said, you know, nobody could get in and nobody could leave. So all of the information that they got was from Hitler. They didn't get any news whatsoever from any other source but from Hitler himself. So they knew nothing of the concentration camps. She said, you have no idea. They were 100% ignorant that there had been any concentration camps. So when the, when the whole thing broke up, they were so totally shocked to find out about these concentration camps. She said, everybody in Austria was just, just on their keister in shock that this is what had been going on. She says, you know, when people fear the government, that's tyranny. But when the government fears the people, that's liberty. And I, I love hearing this woman in her Austrian accent telling all of this and, and the passion with which she tells this entire history. And she says, look, Americans, you are 80% of the way along already. It's already 80% been taken from you. So, Boy, that's scary. Yeah. It's very upsetting to hear. What, what, what does she think? Where does she think that this threat is coming from in our country? Oh, from Marxism, from the Marxists, the same things that, you know, you, you and I have talked about so much. Yes, that, yes. You know, what it is, is the disappointed Nazis who formed the Frankfurt Group, who, you know, took their Marxist philosophy and brought it to America. And many of them went to Columbia University. And a lot of them went to Chicago and the whole Saul Alinsky crowd with the community organizing, which is what uh, Barack Obama came out of. I mean, they have just seeded our country like a little garden, you know. They've planted all these seeds. And then my sister, Kate Millett, went all around the country and started all the women's and gender studies classes in every college in America, every university in America. My sister founded these uh, departments, and she, she formed the syllabus. She, she you know, dictated what books were to be read. And uh, all these young women now who are in Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all of these crazy girls pounding on the Supreme Court doors and running around. I mean, I've never seen so many crazy women in my life. They're just so nuts. Oh, this, and, is, um, this is a crazy time with crazy women. <laughs> it, it's just, I, I'm so fed up with these nuts. So Nazi, they're Nazis. They're all Nazis. It really is the attempt to keep World War II going and make it so that the Nazis ultimately win. Because this Klaus Schwab, who's head of the World Economic Forum, is a Nazi. He's a, you know, an, 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 uh, you know, a self-admitted Nazi. Uh, these people make no bones about it. You know, there's this guy in, in Israel named Hirari who, uh, who claims that we don't realize it, it, but they're going to put chips in all of our brains in order well, to control us. I don't know if, you, if you've read that uh, Pfizer is coming out with a, a pill of some sort that you take that is a chip that gives yeah. them all the information about you. And that will not be something that I hope that most yeah. Americans will ever do. Um, you know, when these people when, are saying, and you will know, you will own no property. 
You will know right. you will have no private property, and you will be happy about it. These uh, now, what I'd like to know, Linda, is who the heck are these people? We didn't elect these people. Who are these people who are suddenly standing up and saying, "This is what you will do"? Uh, it's not what I'm going to do. No, it's I mean, not I, what I think most Americans will do. But but when they elected somebody like a Joe Biden, who yeah. is buying into this one world order uh, garbage, then then this is what you get. Because look what has happened in such a short time to us. Look at look at what's happening to our our children in schools with critical race theory. Uh, one of the uh, people that is coming on to our show here um, uh, in, in the next few days is Tatiana Abraham. And I'm sure that you remember her from Virginia. She was one of the very first parents who stood up to the school board there and said, you will not teach my children this. And when they told her that, you know, that she would, she was, uh, her time was up. She told them that no, their time was up. Um, she, She created a movement among parents, which I absolutely love that, that, because we were sitting back like the Austrians were and not paying attention to what was happening to our kids right. in school. And, and to some degree, I think um, in, in too large of a degree, we're, we're still, we're still doing just that. We still, I, it's like, we don't want to believe that this evil exists in our country. And so we just kind of ignore it. And that's well, what happened the to American- these people. This is kind of an American philosophy is look on the bright side. Well, it, you know, when they're coming down the street in a tank and they've got their, their uh, armor, armaments of war uh, pointed at your house, there, there comes a time when you absolutely must stand up. Uh, and this is absolutely the time. I mean, this is the time now. This you have to time. choose sides right now. You know, they say Dante says that the lowest ring in hell is a reserve for those who will not take a stand and only decent people must take a stand. Even if you're afraid, even if you you're terrified of what will happen to you, you have to take a stand. Well, the hypocrisy Um, that's happening in this country, when you have the department of justice that will not defend our Supreme court justices, um, that, that allows people to, um, to march in front of their homes to protest that yes. that is not allowed to be done in this country. It is not allowed. And yet they are allowing it. Um, it's when, against the law. It's, it's against, against the, the law. law and they are doing nothing. So they are, they are tacitly approving it. I believe because they wouldn't mind so much if something happened to one of those uh, conservative justices, no. because then they could appoint another. And I think that's despicable. And when you have yeah. people like, um, Lori Lightfoot and Stacey Abrams, who spend a fortune on their own personal personal security, which comes from we the people. That money comes from we the people, and yet they want to def- defund the police so that you have no security. They want to take your gun so you have no security. I it, it just it rings true to what you're saying uh, about Hitler and and Austria and people. You know, they, they, they think that we take it a step too far. Well, no, this, this is definitely, we are too far already. We, we, we have started this oh, process. Dear. We started this process 40 years ago. And right. we started people with this process, like, like with your sister. And, and right. you spent your whole life fighting against what your sister, 
you know, helped oh, create. Oh, I mean, it, it was so horrifying to be up right close to it, right next to it, and to see the evil. Because, well, I keep tweeting to people, look, I was on the left, I was a left-wing activist, and I can honestly tell you, it's like I've been down this path in this forest, and I can tell you there's a creek here, there's a cliff over there, there's such and such a tree here, because I've been on the path already. And I've come back to tell you all, you must really take in and absorb the fact that everybody on the left is a liar. Every single thing they say is a lie. And I know this because I was among them. When I voted for Ronald Reagan and bolted from the left, I've found nothing but very sincere people. The people on the right, the conservative people, are deeply sincere Americans. And you know, Linda, we have to take a big lesson from these justices because they have had tremendous courage. They stood up against this mob, no matter who people were coming up to their windows, threatening their children, threatening their lives. And they still, in one week, they gave us the charter schools, the gun thing, and the abortion. And the, they, they, they changed all of America in like, in like nine days. You I, know what, I just Melody? can't get over it. I, I, I want to, this is not to, to kind of divert from what we're talking about, because I do want to talk about uh, these, these district attorneys, but I, I want to say about the abortion, you know, I, just as a woman, I am horrified to hear all of these women standing up and, and screaming and wearing their, their stupid hats and in just 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 the whole way that they're behaving over having their rights over their body when they are at the same time talking about murdering a child i just i just can't it i can't wrap my whole head around that that these are women that it makes no sense to me i'm i mean i have, I have. I, i'm somebody that lost two grandchildren last year at five and a oh. half months and they, I held those babies. They were full babies. They were real little people. They were, oh. um, you know, um, breathing. They were prema- premature birth. Yes. And, yeah. and, they, could, oh, and they were twins and they couldn't be saved. But um, oh. luckily, luckily we're going to have um, another, another baby come here in the next couple of months. So oh, that, that will be wonderful. But but to think about what these women are crowing about, it, it just turns my stomach. And I, I just I just can't see what happened to our morality in this country. So that being said, let well, me, let it's, me. it's the Marxist feminists that oh. told them that they have to. You know, this all comes from the Mar- Marquis de Sade. It all comes from the Marquis de Sade, who really started all this business about how if women are going to be liberated, they have to become as cold and hard and murderous as men. That's what he, that, you know, he's the person who planted the first seed. People think it's Karl Marx. They think it's Wilhelm Reich. They think it's all these other people. But it was the Marquis de Sade that really began this. And he was an insane person, spent his whole life in an insane asylum. That's what's so crazy is that this is all so nuts. But when you think, Linda, that there are these governors and these doctors who believe in the kind of abortion where it happens on the delivery date, after nine months of gestation, you're going to have a baby lying on that delivery table, a real baby with a perfect individual face looking up at you, 
Googling, cuckooing at you, and you're going to murder that child? What well, even kind at, of even human at five being? months, Mallory? These were fully formed children. Oh yeah, um, yes. And, you know, and they it, would murder them. They would murder it, them. Yes, yeah. And it's just heartbreaking oh. to me that we that we have, and so many women and so many men in our country have that mentality that it's just okay to take that life because. It's my body, but it's, but, but not your body. It is, it, but that baby is not your body. Your body is your no. body. But once you, once you fill it with another life, that's their life. I, I just can't even see it. So, you know, your body hormone- doesn't have, your body doesn't have two heads and no. two hearts and, and, and four lungs and, you know, four kidneys. I mean, that's just nonsense. This is another person's body. Well, the heroic and it's courage been of that court. Uh, was was just inspiring to me as it was to you. Um, it didn't end abortion, certainly, it, but no. I, I know where I live in the state of Texas, it did end abortion. So, you know, oh, I'm happy for so that. Great. I know where you live in New York, it did not end oh. abortion. Um, no, in fact, we'll become an abor- abortion mill here. We'll become yes. where they all come for them, you know. But yeah. I, I think that there's a turn because they say that you know, the kids under about 25 now, I, I saw an article where they did all these statistics, and these kids think that feminism has done so much more harm to the society than good. And I'm so amazed at this. Where did these kids under 25 get this? They, because they're living in a society where this is being sold to them night and day. Yes. But some, yeah. somehow the truth is emerging from their own beings or something. You know, they're beginning to realize uh, what this what an evil cesspool we're we're creating here well we we absolutely are and i i think another good thing that's happened has been uh you know with the schools who have been indoctrinating our kids for many years uh people people woke up a little bit and people are actually taking action and many parents are homeschooling and many parents are sending their kids to charter or private schools and they're, I know. they're either way, they're paying more attention to what is being taught and they're speaking out against um, things like critical race and the pronoun training and having um, <laughs> LGBTQ or tra- transsexuals in their restrooms, girls' restrooms, things and, and sports. So people, they're starting to get a clue. I wish it would happen faster, but but they are they are definitely starting so um, I, I keep telling my husband that when people look back on this era, they're going to call it the era of absurdity because <laughs> there's just the, the drag queens uh, dancing for the church. I mean, the, the absurdity is just getting weirder. And that just goes to show you when you give these Looney Tune people an inch, they take uh, an entire, you know, uh, state, you know, they, 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 they don't just take a mile. They, they just keep moving and moving and moving into more and more uh, perversion, sicker and sicker stuff. It's just so disturbing. Well, we are catering to the very tiny, tiny minority of people yeah. instead of the majority and what's best for the majority of people. You will never please everybody, but we really have to go back to uh, catering to the to the majority, and I and I also Absolutely. think that it's it's so so important that we get religion back. They've done everything they can to take it out of schools and take it out of workplaces, and I think that that people have to 
uh, turn back to God at this point because the, the, the morals and ethics that we have within us, you know, are, that's where they come from. And that's how, how we develop and how we act as better people. Well, and, and George Washington said, if we lose our morality, we will lose our country. He yes. said that over and over again. Well, we're All very, the founders said it. You know, we're very they, close to that. But that's what they want, you see. Linda, that's the thing they can never lose track of. They want us to lose the country. And you think, well, what are they talking about? This is where they live. It's their country. No, they want the uh, new world order. They, they want the, uh, you know, the, the no borders. They want to have just one global community, you know. Well, uh, we're certainly getting it in this country with the border open you know, here yeah. in Texas, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's horrific. And I know that you feel the effects there in New York as well. Uh, uh, we, we have crimes that we've never had here. It's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. We just had 53 of them die in a, in a, in a truck, you know, down the yes. street from where I live. This, this yes. is just crazy. Um, and this is, Oh, that's this is right down in, the street from you. Well, that happened uh, it's right in down the San Antonio. It's not oh that God. far from me. So okay. um, it's, it is, this is Joe Biden's, it, this is his murders. I mean, this is in his lap. He caused this to happen. And these people shouldn't be coming over our border. I mean, there's, and look at, look at Gavin Newsom in California, who's now giving them oh. insurance for medical uh, Can you to illegals. That? And you know they're going to put this guy up for president. They're oh, I'm not sure. talking about no Gavin Newsom for president. He is the worst. I he, mean, is, he is the worst of the worst. Well, I think it would just be wonderful if Gavin Newsom ran with AOC as his vice president. <laughs> because they would, I mean, they, they what would they get, 700 votes? I mean, nobody oh, I I, would you know, he's, these people. He's, He's handsome. Some people look at that, but this, this, this guy to me is just, he's, he's oh. just evil. Um, Mallory, Satan. we're, we're going to, we're going to come right back. I want to talk about somebody else that I think is pretty bad. And that is your nephew. So we'll be right back. Larry Krasner. How the spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now, we invite you, friends, to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off. Well, Mallory Millett, you have a nephew who is one of these district attorneys like George Gascon uh, that 
are absolutely not following the laws, not not enforcing the laws of our country or of the cities that they're in. And he is now uh, being looked at to be recalled, just like George Gascon. Tell me. Yes, well, to be impeached, actually. They're trying to impeach him. Not oh, just they don't recalling. do recalls there. They do impeachments. Is that how they do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're going to impeach him. Okay. I hope, I hope. <laughs> you know, it's so... It's so weird. This is my nephew. You know, I, I'm sure that people see this and they think, well, she's disloyal. I mean, this is a family member. And, but, you know, when you have a family member, I mean, if Hitler were your cousin, uh, I don't think you'd be out defending him. You know, when people are this bad, you absolutely have to uh, get real about it. You know, um, first of all, the thing to start with is George Soros. Now, George Soros, who's very largely backing the Ukraine, which people should really make, it should make people stop and take a good look at what's going on here. Because George Soros was a Hungarian Jew who worked for Hitler. Uh, he was born a Jew, but his father got Christian papers. And so they got out of being taken in uh, as Jews. Um, he, he, became known as the man who broke the Bank of England. He's now worth $8.6 billion. Now, he's given $32 billion of those dollars to something he founded called the Open Society. And he's funding all kinds of, of uh, politicians all over the United States. And this is a direct quote from him. He says, I've made it my life's mission to destroy the United States of America. I hate it, and I hate all of the people in it. That was published in Newsweek. And, and yet he's a United States citizen. He has, he has yes. dual citizenship. Yeah, yeah. Then that, was, that, that statement was published in Newsweek in 1979. So people have been perfectly aware of how dangerous this man is. When he was 14 years old, he watched many people being taken off to the death camps, and he helped... He was earning money and, and, and being involved in confiscating the property of Jews. Now, he's a Jew himself, but he was pretending to be a Christian. And when, when people interviewed him recently, he's several interviews I've seen of his, and they said, well, I mean, you were a Jew. Wasn't that difficult for you to be um, naming Jews and making sure they got brought into the camps and helping confiscate their their goods and their property. And they said, wasn't that difficult for you as a Jew? And he says, oh, no, it wasn't at all difficult. It was no problem to me at all. I had no guilt about it. I was 14 years old. And to me, it's just like the markets, you know, if, if I weren't there, it would be happening anyway. You know, Linda, that's what every big drug dealer I ever heard give testimony say. Well, if I weren't selling them fentanyl or heroin, somebody else would be. So this sure. is somehow justifies it. And now, he's he also a said, currency manipulator. Yes, he, he broke the bank. He's known as the man who broke the Bank of England. And he ruined the, um, the money in a number of different countries. I mean, he really has done very, very wicked things. But when they talk about this stuff he did in World War II, he once said that there was a certain thrill to it because he was surrounded by so many suffering people and somehow being surrounded by other people who were suffering was thrilling to him. Oh, he's um, a sick guy. I, let me, let me say about Larry Krasner, because I, I know that we have somewhat of a limited time that just so that people no, this understand. Is a man, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the man who funded Larry Krasner. Oh, well, yes, and he's this funded is- a number of these people. He's funded, he's funded the the district attorney in Austin, uh, Texas, uh-huh. as well. He's he's uh-huh. funded the one in um, Houston, Texas. He he's funding uh-huh. them all over because he wants these progressive liberals. So just so people have some context, uh, Larry Krasner is the district attorney in Philadelphia, and in Philadelphia, since the beginning of the year, there have been. Uh, nearly a thousand people injured or killed by gun violence with over 220 people murdered in the city. And yeah. since June, uh, they, they had an event uh, that, that made the, the rest of the members of their council uh, say, okay, we've had enough. He's not supporting the, the laws. And here's exactly what they said. They said, we did not arrive at this decision lightly or easily, which is the decision to impeach Larry Krasner. We are taking this action after we have taken significant steps to pass legislation that addresses violent crime in Philadelphia by ensuring our current laws are enforced. We're starting this process now, meaning the impeachment, because the unchecked violent crime in Philadelphia has reached a breaking point due to the willful refusal by District Attorney Krasner to enforce to, exi- to enforce existing laws. So that's where we're at right now. Yes, he and the mayor, Jim Kenney. Now, this silly mayor they have, and Jim Kenney and my nephew, Larry Krasner, are in cahoots together. They're working as a team. Uh, and when, when, you know, Larry was a uh, defense attorney for over 20 years in Philadelphia. So when he got himself elected as district attorney, he had a lot of axes to grind. You know, he he uh, the, the first thing he did was he fired 30 uh, prosecutors in the first week that he was district attorney. He fired 30 prosecutors, all the guys that he had hated when he was a defense attorney. Uh, he got rid of um, George Soros funneled more than $2 million through the Pennsylvania Justice and Public Safety PAC in Philadelphia. And so now, under Larry Krasner, Philadelphia has become the murder capital of the United States with the highest per capita homicide rate of America's 10 largest cities. And these district attorneys are in Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Dallas County, Manhattan, St. Louis, Chicago, and Jackson, Mississippi, and probably other places too. So, So... Um, uh, George Soros has salted with his determination to destroy the United States of America. He has salted all these cities with these terrible district attorneys. And, uh, the, the liberals are absolutely destroying our society and Western civilization itself. Mallory, and one of the this is your nephew. What, why would this he is my do nephew. this? Why would he do this? <clears throat> because he's an ideologue and he's, he's uh, got, and I'll tell you what it's really about. It's about my, my, see, my sister Kate was what she was, but my older sister Sally pretty much invented Kate. Now, Sally has four children, and one of them, her oldest daughter, is Lisa Rao. And Lisa is the brains behind Larry. Lisa really does all of Larry's thinking for him. He, in fact, wrote a book called For the People, and there's a whole chapter in the book that says, everything I learned about politics, I learned from my wife, Lisa. So every time you hear Larry speaking or acting, it's really at the behest of uh, the behest of Lisa. 
This is a girl that I held in my arms as an infant. That I changed her diapers. I fed her baby bottles. I was, she was the most adorable little child in the entire world. I have no idea what's happened. She's been so affected by my sister, Kate, and by her own mother, Sally, my older sister, that they've just, they're just into this thing of the one world thing of, you know, nobody understands what the poor people go through. It's this whole phony baloney uh, 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 compassion, pretend compassion. Because when you get to know these people really well, they really have no compassion at all. They're, they're not compassionate to the people. Well, and them. in fact, the people that get hurt the worst by these uh no bail laws and letting the criminals out are the people uh, of a lesser income, but they are yeah. the people of color. Yes, they are the people that, that everybody's saying that they want equity for, but the equity that they're giving them is, is just more, um, more misery and more crime. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's this phony idea that the Democrats are the kind people and the Republicans are the mean people who really care only about money. It's just, it's just terrible propaganda. I mean, uh, they're, the, 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 the drive, one of the driving principles behind this is that the, uh, of Soros is taking over all these district attorney offices. And, and one of the forces behind all of this is someone named Eric Kessler. He has something called Arabella Advisors, which controls an opaque empire of four nonprofit organizations, one called New Venture Fund, one called Hope, Hopewell Fund, one called Window, Windward Fund, and another fund called 1630 Fund. And these funds all through Soros have pulled in $4.7 billion all flowing to these leftist groups. Um, See, and they have such nice names that people probably don't even know what they're contributing to. Yeah, Hopewell Fund, you know, Windward yeah. Fund, you know, it all sounds so lovely. But when you uh, have it's like, a, a district attorney like Larry Krasner, who who is basically allowing violent crime, and, and he's not doing anything about it, what happens to the whole state is that city businesses uh, leave, they, they relocate because of the crime. And Pennsylvania's their, their major economic engine is uh, tourism there and the birthplace of our freedom. So people go to yeah. Pennsylvania and it's keeping businesses and tourists out of Pennsylvania as a whole. So it's, it, I mean, he's done a lot of, a lot of damage here. It's all ideology. If you talk to Larry about it, he gets this very firm, you know, his jaw gets just set. And he says, I don't care. I believe in this. I think that these poor black people are mistreated. They're incarcerated too much. There's this terrible thing of racism going on in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, because he's letting crime run so rampant, because he's letting everybody out of the jails, the poor black grandmother living in the middle of a black neighborhood in Philadelphia is cowering in her house. She's afraid to go out and buy a loaf of bread for fear she's going to be murdered by a drug addict. The, 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 the older people, uh, the black people in Philadelphia, are they don't want to defund the police. They don't want to do any of this stuff. Uh, they, they want law and order. Um, the, 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 what these guys do, these, these district attorneys, they, they specialize in Number one, abolishing cash bail. They, ab they want to abolish the jails. They want to have no more jails. They are dead serious about this. No more jails. They want to abolish the police, and they want to have the government subsidize 
any bail that is charged. So if you do have to pay bail, it's going to be paid by the government. So it's based on a, this dishonest premise that Larry believes that almost every de defendant can be released on bail without causing any increase in violence. But that's proven to not be true. Yeah, it's just not true. But no, they, he I mean, keeps but insisting. It's indefensible by them because because you see what's happening. You see it where you live, Mallory. New York is yeah. one of the worst examples of people getting out and and repeating, 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 and revictimizing so many people. And what happens? Their crimes the next time are worse than the last time, and then the next time they're even worse. If this is a horrible cycle. And in my book, if if you commit the crime, you do the time, period, end of story. You have to protect exactly. the rest of society from those people who commit crimes. You have to protect us. That is your first responsibility as a district right. attorney. And Larry will get up in front of cameras and he will say, he will actually say, I don't see any increase in crime here. There's no increase in crime in Philadelphia. He He actually gets out and says this. I don't see anything that you're talking about. I think that our, 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 our program is working beautifully. I mean, he is a man in complete and utter denial. And it's all, you know, fueled by this baloney coming from my niece, Lisa, who just has all of these, you know, ideological, idealized ideas that she's gotten from my sister Sally, none of which is true. Uh, I mean, they think that uh, that 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 almost uh, he thinks almost every defendant can be released on bail without causing increase in violence. Some progressives even argue absurdly that releasing more people leads to less violence. If you can believe that, this is a sentence coming out of their mouths: releasing more people leads to less violence. Most yeah. people released are arrested for violent crimes are guilty of these crimes. Most people are, when they're arrested, are guilty of the crime they've been arrested for. And those who have committed violence in the past are likely to recommit. They're definitely going to recommit. Oh, absolutely. And also, most, dependents, most defendants know, they know that if they show up in court, it's going to result in imprisonment. So they don't just show up. They just don't show up. They don't, they don't come. So, um, if you release them, you're never going to see them again until the next time you arrest them. Well, and sometimes um, that's the next day. That's how fast they they recommit crimes. This is, I mean, everything about this has been proven to be false. So he, why? He decriminalized, he decriminalized all kinds of things like retail theft so that people are now just storming in. Twelve people will storm into a into a, a Walgreens or into a, 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 a retail store and just sweep through the store and steal everything inside and walk out with bags full of stuff and they can't be arrested. This is not a crime in Philadelphia. Prostitution is not a crime in Philadelphia. And drug, the drug, most of the drug crimes that we think are serious crimes, they're not prosecutable. Larry has taken them out of prosecution. Well, you see that that didn't work in San Francisco and, and Chesa Bodine was recalled as he should yeah. have been. And uh, George Gascon is now going to be on the ballot in November uh, to be recalled there. Uh, 
And and now we have uh, Larry Krasner looking to get impeached. We need to get this going through the country because, like I said, in in Austin, we have a George Soros funded district attorney in uh, Houston. We have a George Soros funded district attorney. And I would say to people that are looking to vote, um, it's not about what these people say. What you need to do is look into where their funding is coming from. And if George Soros is funding them or any of his organizations, then do not vote for that person, period. Right. But I mean, why is it that George Soros can't be stopped? Well, why is it we haven't revoked his citizenship? (laughs) I, I just can't understand what is going on in this country. Nothing seems to be against the law anymore. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, pe- people are being murdered right and left. Uh, the minute they're involved with the Clintons, I mean, what is it, 56 people that Hillary and Bill know now have su- have committed suicide? Do you know 56 people who have committed suicide? No, I don't, I don't know any. <laughs> I, I don't know five people who have committed suicide. Uh, I mean, this is just, I, I guess this is just what goes on when you're in the middle of a huge crime spree. A, a big, you know, the way it was in the Roaring Twenties in Chicago and some of these places when Dillinger was running around and Babyface Nelson and the, you know, uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde and yeah. all of these things. There are these periods when crime just swells, and then a few people rise up and put a stop to it. But we really need those people now. We yeah. need people to come up and say no more and actually take action. Well, I think that, uh, I, I think think that, that we're going to see it in the, in the, in the uh, November elections. I hope so. But I'm afraid that, that the, everybody's going around saying we're going to have a red tide and everybody's all, you know, sort of uh, complacent that we're going to win. And we might not. I mean, I we might, we you know, they, they cheated before. What's to oh, stop they'll, them? They'll, che- they'll definitely cheat. But hopefully our, the tide will overcome it. Mallory, I, it is such a pleasure to talk to you. I learned so much when I talk to you. <laughs> and I want you to come back. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be yours. I'm going to come back uh, <laughs> over and over again because well, I love co- talking to you, Linda. You. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to talk to you, Linda. <laughs> well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 